Welcome to TJH, your go-to podcast for all things journeying home to yourself. I'm your host, Hayley Curtis, Jean Keys and Women's Transformation Guide, here to encourage and usher you into remembering who you are by peeling back the veil on all things shadow work, self-love, self-worth, relationships, gene keys, breakthrough, awakening, and so much more. One thing I know to be true about you is that you are utterly magnificent. And here at the Journey Home Podcast, I will be walking hand in hand with you as you discover and remember your magic. Let the voyage begin. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to the Journey Home Podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, one of my best friends in the whole wide world. I have got Sarah Hosel. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for being here, my friend. Hi. I'm so excited to be here, and I just feel so touched away. You said, you know, like one of the most beautiful people and like also the fact I I know that I am one of your best friends, but (laughs) hearing it is, it just makes me, yeah, it it just makes my heart very like wide open and happy. Oh, just, I mean, my heart is wide open every single time I talk to you, Sarah, and I know that we are going to have such a brilliant conversation today. We speak a lot on Voxer and sometimes you always say you're like, man, these should be recorded somewhere and put somewhere because <laughs> this is some wise stuff. Like you're always like, can you just stop and listen to ourselves for a second and the stuff that we're sharing? Like <laughs> our conversations are always so just wholesome and nourishing mm. and I just love it. But I would, I'd love to let the listeners in on you. I'll get you to introduce yourself in a moment, but I first want to introduce you by sharing with the listeners how we became friends because it's quite an interesting story. <laughs> And I just love it. And this is one of those stories that just makes you go, you just need to trust in life sometimes. You just have to trust in life. So one day, about 18 months ago, maybe two years, somewhere between then, I was going to scroll back in my Instagram messages to find it. But then I was like, there's way too many. Like I can't scroll back. (laughs) One day, I get this DM drop into not my normal DMs, but the, you know, that other folder they go into DM requests, this message from this, this Sarah woman. And it was a voice note. And I'm like, Oh, some random chick has sent me a voice note. All right. I'll listen. You know, I'll listen. And being a uh, creator, you quite often will get people dropping into that request file on that request folder asking you to, you know, take a look at what they're bringing to the world or to, you know, have a chat about this. And, and it's quite scammy and it can be quite slimy. And so I already had my defenses up when I clicked play on this voice note. And then I hear this woman with this glorious German-Austrian accent saying something along the lines of, hi, (laughs) this is going to sound really weird, but I just feel like we're meant to be friends. And she's like, I swear I don't usually do this, but I just had to reach out to you and just say, I want to be your friend and maybe you might want to be mine too. (laughs) I remember listening to it and I was like, is is this 
is she legit? And I even said to Bevan, I was like, Bevan, some random chick just voice noted me asking me if I wanted to be her friend. I was like, and I didn't know. I just don't know if I should even write back. Like, is she a weirdo or I don't know. <laughs> and Bevan was like, well, that's a bit odd, isn't it? And But in classic Haley style, I just said to myself, well, just sit with it for a second, Haley. Feel the energy of it. And I sat and all my heart was saying was write back to her. You know, like so often some of the things that the, the slimy marketing things that, that come in, some I won't write back. But anyone that's legit, a legit person, I always write back to people on Instagram. I never leave anyone like unread or unreplied to. And I was like, no, I think that this is pure intention. I think she's legit. And so I wrote back. We got chatting. We got voice noting back and forth. Then we were like, you invited me to jump on a Zoom and I was like, okay, this is also weird. I've never just gotten on a first date with someone over Zoom from the other side of the world, but hey, I like her vibe, so I will. And the rest <laughs> is freaking history. We just clicked and connected mm. so deep, so fast, and we really found a sister in each other and we found an equal in one another in terms of our devotion and our passion mm. and our love for humanity, for the inner work, for bringing happiness and just love frequency into the world. And we just got each other. And so because of that, we got to understand each other, not only in our passion, but also in our hardship of being a woman of passion and how to navigate that. And so for the last almost two years, we have been supporting each other in our journey of bringing our mission to the world. We have supported each other in more than that, in our relationship dynamics and our, you know, mm. our health issues that we've both gone through. And it's just been so beautiful. And I just pinch myself. I'm like, how lucky am I that this woman chose me to slide into my DMs with a voice note? Like, why me? I would often ask myself that, like, why, why me? Why did I get to be the one that got to have this beautiful, deep friendship with you? And um, yeah, it's just been glorious. So that's how we met. And that's a bit about how I feel about you, Sarah. But I'd love to hand it over to you just to introduce yourself, tell the listeners who you are or what you do or whatever you want to share. Oh, before I introduce myself, thank you for sharing our start of our friendship and our sisterhood and our soul connection. You you make it sound less creepy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, like I was very aware when I sent the voice message that either you wouldn't listen to it or you would think, oh my God, is she a stalker? Uh, and then maybe you block me. <laughs> <laughs> but also I thought to myself, I have nothing to lose. And once in a while, when you have this pull, you got to follow. And when your heart is whispering, do it. And I didn't even know why my heart was telling me to send you that message. And especially why a voice message. Mm. You know, I would still understand if it was just a normal written message like, hey, Haley, I love your content. Uh, so glad you have your account up. Would love to to be more in touch with you. 
you know, if it at least was something like that, I would still understand. But no, I and I remember I sent a voice message and it would have been even much longer. But Instagram only allows 60 seconds. Yes. <laughs> Which probably was good for me and you in the beginning. <laughs> but yeah, and it's just something I really love sharing our story and how connected we are on so many levels mm. because it's a beautiful gift and also it's the proof when we step into the unknown and when we have the courage to follow our heart that we get rewarded yeah absolutely and even in places where we would not expect it yeah and so it's really, really beautiful. And just quickly introducing myself, I'm Sarah Hertzler. You very nicely pronounced my name. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I've been practicing. <laughs> I am Austrian and quarter Filipina, very proud quarter Filipina. I am a coach for high performers and I'm also running my own pet wellness company. We're selling herbal remedies for cats and dogs. I'm a podcast host of the Purple Stars podcast. We interview amazing people like Haley, who are big animal lovers, and we interview them about their inspiring journeys and the life lessons they have learned from animals along the way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what I do and who I am. I am a big believer that life is our friend. I, I love animals. I love people. My biggest wealth as you know, from my teen keys, <laughs> comes <laughs> from connection. Mm. And that's why, that's another reason why I'm so glad we're doing this podcast interview today, because it's, it's bringing me so much joy and it's my mm. wealth and it makes my heart happy. And that's mm. why I'm happy to be here. Oh, thank you so, so much for those beautiful words. And I was just having a moment there where you're saying, I was so happy to be on this podcast and hearing you talk about your podcast, which is we launched at very similar times. And, mm -hmm. but we had been talking about our dream to each have a podcast long before yeah. we were ever at this point. And so to now be here together recording an episode, I mean, we recorded one for you. I was your test person yeah. for yours where we were like we have no idea what we're doing let's pretend we're doing a podcast but I know then we're, there's going to be an episode where I'll be on yours as well and it's yes like, whoa just to see just mm. even to see that come to fruition to dream together and then to be in the dream together is yeah it's beautiful beautiful thing so I am celebrating us right now sitting here just podcasting away you know, <laughs> and, but one thing I also need to say, it is true. We dream in similar, at similar times of the year, but you're much quicker with implementation. You're like, I want to do a podcast. Oh yeah. Four days later, Thursday. Oh, I'm <laughs> launching tomorrow. <laughs> like literally every idea you have. Oh, I want to do this masterclass. Oh yeah. It will be for 12 people for eight weeks. Okay. I well, I will think about it next day. I already have my landing page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my you God. were 
you're like a Duracell uh, bunny, like quick, 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 quick. It's, it's amazing. And I always think I'm quite quick, but you are like next level. <laughs> it's so true. Like, because you're the person I often bounce my ideas off of and I'll like bounce it off you. And then before you even have a chance to reply, I've already created already it, done. launched it and it's sold out. <laughs> I just move quick with my inspiration and that, but you see, that's something that inspires me about you, Sarah, is that you really do put so much effort and due diligence in prior. And I think that that's also something, you know, that's where we can learn from each other and meet halfway. You know, you could let go of some of the overthinking of things and I could think a little more about things and I think that's a part of the beautiful dynamic that we have so absolutely uh, you're so you're yeah because we're similar and kind of almost the same in so many ways yeah yeah (laughs) a ridiculous amount of ways it's ridiculous yeah (laughs) and then it's so beautiful that we are in a lot of situations the yin and the yang yeah to one another Mm -hmm. and it's 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 really beautiful to have people around us that complement each other Mm. can complement us and also Mm. inspire us to Mm. step outside our comfort zone like for me being Mm. quick even quicker is stepping outside my comfort zone for you it's the other way around like slowing the process a little bit down yeah it's great when you have someone where you see oh if I slow down the process is safe Mm. things can come into fruition in its time Mm Whereas when I see you, I can really picture, oh, okay, if I have an idea and I move quick with it, it's safe as well. Yes, totally. And I love how you use the word we complement each other, you know, being yin and yang and your yin or yang in different situations. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I might be the yin and sometimes I might be the yang depending on the situation, but we complement each other. We're not in opposition to each other. And that's the difference, right? That's the difference. So, oh, I mean, what a beautiful scene to set for this conversation already. We can feel the simpatico nature that's going on here. (laughs) And Sarah and I have both arrived today with four questions for each other that we don't know. I don't know Sarah's questions. She doesn't know my questions. And I'm going to kick it off, Sarah, with my first question for you. And let's get started. You know, I wanted to start somewhere else because I was like, let's start with a bang. But then I was like, hang on, Haley, pull it back. Look, this is me learning from you. (laughs) Give her a little time to ease into it. And, you know, I had to start with this question because it sort of underlies the rest of them. And so my first question for you, my beautiful friend, is, when did you start your inner journey? When did you start the inner work? Mm. And what does inner work actually look like for you? And, you know, what are some of your practices that keep you connected to your inner world? I feel like that's the best place to begin. What a beautiful question to start our journey together in this episode. So, It's also one that's probably a really long answer. So it's good (laughs) that we have a lot of time. (laughs) My grandmother was from the Philippines. So we have inner work and seeing things holistically has always been part of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. We did meditation and 
you know, sound bath and yoga and spending time in nature using herbal medicine and under like whenever I always joke, whenever I had a tummy ache or a headache, my parents would never give me a painkiller. They would say instead, what, what worries you so much that you get, that it gives you a headache? Mm. Or is there an experience that's currently hard for you to digest? Mm. So I was, or I have been very for like very blessed and lucky to have grown up in an environment that just welcomes inner work and has inner work as a very crucial, important pillar. Mm, so I grew up with that. And my, I would say more consciously started when I was competing in golf. So there came a time I, I got quite anxious before tournaments and I would constantly get either injured or have the flu you know, like typical symptoms of stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I was very lucky because my parents organized for me to meet a mental coach mm -hmm. and he did tapping. And back then that was a very new thing. I had no idea about it. I didn't watch YouTube, you know, there was no Instagram And I remember spending time with him and his wife probably for a week or two. And we were tapping about all these fears I had. And that really changed my life. Wow. Because all the seeds my parents or my family have sown over the years already prior really made sense to me now. Mm -hmm. It made me realize, wow, the power of my thoughts. And how the body, the mind, and the soul are a unit. And that only when we nourish that unit and make sure we build bridges, only then can we be happy and healthy and successful and our full self. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so that really kick-started my We, like my journey of inner work and mm. then we you know like in my family we tried all sorts of things family constellation and chakra work and kinesiology and tapping and meditation and breath work you know what whatever we found we tried and the great thing in my family is one person tries it the next one tries it too you know like we inspire each other so That's probably answering the question how I started my inner work. Mm. What inner work means to me, that's a very good question. Probably a simple way of answering that is inner work means to look within. Yeah. And to work with what is there and with what I want for it to be there. Mm. Mm -hmm. that's so, so potent when, so whenever I look within and that could be you know many different ways could be meditation could be journaling but also could be going for a walk with my dog yeah so whenever I get in touch with myself and whenever I feel okay what am I feeling how is my body feeling what am I thinking mm. that's what inner work is And it could be even cooking. It could be, you know, like browsing around and even in a bookstore or going into a 
pottery class, whatever it is, just to get in touch with yourself and to reconnect. Yeah. So that's what I would, what I probably mm. would call inner work. And interestingly enough, people rarely ever ask me what my definition of inner work is. They usually ask me about spirituality. Mm, I've got a question for you about spirituality <laughs> at the end. <laughs> so, we, so, we, so we keep that for later on. But yeah. a lot of people equal mm. inner work is spirituality. Yeah. A lot of people say mm -hmm. that's what it is for them. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. And my favorite, I think the last part of the question was what are my favorite Practices, ways of doing yeah. it? Yeah. I'm a big fan of simplicity, as you know. <laughs> it's your life's work, jinky. It's, yeah. <laughs> so I have a few non-negotiables, which means it's something that I really need on a daily basis and I know if I don't do it especially over a few days I can really see the shift on an emotional mental and physical level yeah and one for me is prayer mm. one for me is meditation and also movement yeah movement is a lot and I'm only talking about the practices that are related with like to myself I'm not talking about socializing spending time with people I love and so on mm -hmm. but these are my fundamental go-to's because then I also like when I I always say when we pray we talk when we meditate we listen yeah beautiful And when I spend time in nature, it helps me reconnect. It helps me to recharge my batteries. And whenever I do implement those practices, it's much easier for me to intuitively eat, to know what mm -hmm. I what my body needs, how much time I need on my own or with someone else. Uh, it's foundation, it's, right? Yes, it's my foundation. And then everything else falls into place. Mm. So or much amazing. easier at least mm. you're, you're really the epitome of a person who has woven inner work into her lifestyle you know and I guess this is why I see it as separate from spirituality because yes we also weave spirituality into our lifestyle but you know inner work for you isn't this compartmentalized thing it's part mm. of who you are yeah, and that's true But also for the listeners as well, we might think like, oh my God, how do I make it part of who I am? It's important then to, you know, when we listen to Sarah's story, you've been doing this type of work for decades. Yeah, you know? over 15 years. And it really took a lot of work yeah. to get to that point. Because in the beginning, it takes work to even have the courage to sit with what is. Yes, Mm -hmm. And then there's so much out there, like mm -hmm. starting from crystals and tapping and a hundred different breathing exercises and mm -hmm. all sorts of different yoga, you, you know, there's so much out there. And then finding what suits you in that jungle is also part of the inner work. It is. Yeah. It's really part of the inner work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just learned I, I'm not very good with 
having too many practices yeah on one day like I there was a time I was like I need 10,000 steps three morning pages of journaling this 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 and that mm -hmm. <clears throat> you crashed yourself under that exactly I crashed myself and it just made me realize oh that's another to do it becomes a to do yeah Yeah. And that's when it's really hard to stick to it. Yes. And to go deep into it because it's just yes. like, I just need to tick this off my list, you know. Mm -hmm. Like the way you're describing your inner work, Sarah, is just the epitome of your jinky profile, I just have to say. <laughs> so <laughs> in terms of your lines, um, which on the last episode, Debbie and I talked a bit more about the lines. So you can go back and listen to that if you want to. But you're a one three. And so that, that line one likes that real introspection. It likes its solitude. It likes to just mm, sit with one thing and go real deep into it. But then that line three, she loves movement. She loves change. She loves experience. She loves trying different things. And to me, it sounds like you've really found a sweet spot between those two. How can I have my solitude and really go to the bottom of the well in the things I love while still being open to experiencing new things, having change and having movement in my day and what does it mean for me when I balance those you know mm. it means core stability for you and I just yeah. love how you've navigated that and then you put on top of that your life's work Jinky, which is simplicity the gift of simplicity you're keeping it simple you're like okay mm. how do I you know and to keep it simple with a line three is difficult because It's like, how do you keep it simple when you crave so much change and interaction and movement? Mm -hmm. And you've been navigating that over time. And, and it's something I really admire about you that um, you're always checking in, not expecting to have found the way and then that will be the way forever. It's like each day, what does it look like today for me? And then tomorrow, what does it look like today for me? With your mm -hmm. essentials that are your foundation and then you're open to where it wants yeah. to take It's beautiful the way you describe it. And inner work is such a personal journey. Everyone has their own way of traveling inward. Yeah. And also it changes for each person daily. It changes throughout seasons. <clears throat> and because there was a time I was journaling every single day. Yeah. And that was my biggest inner work at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it is great to have a toolbox so yes. you can then have your go-tos depending on the season, on the day, on the mood, on the time and the space, whether you're traveling or not. And this actually leads me to my first question for you. Oh, yes. So, lay it on me. <laughs> <laughs> so over the time I've known you, you have had such a amazing, huge transformation and growth. Hmm. And when I, the first time I sent you my voice message, your Instagram account was purely focused on journaling. Yeah. You then started your membership, which was also focused on journaling and journeys. And you started already to have campfires, which means you, you know, you, you got together with the community, you incorporated, I remember in the beginning cards as well, and breath work mm -hmm. and visualizations. So you were already expanding in a certain way. But then this year, you had a huge, ex huge expansion because you, uh, you know, you really got into the gene keys. Mm -hmm. 
not just that you also had the courage to bring in other people mm. and let give them the space to shine and to share their expertise with us, whether it's craft work or yoga and so on. And my question, I have two questions actually. <laughs> One is what was the biggest fear you felt throughout this change? Mm. And the second is, what do you think helped you to expand that much? Because there are so many people that block the expansion mm. and that block the change. Maybe not even the expansion, they block the change because they, they're scared of losing part of their community because initially they came in just for the journaling. You know, mm. there's just so much fear. So maybe we should talk first about the fear yeah, And then what helped you to really hold space for all the goodness that wanted to come through you? Yeah. I mean, what a great question. And I'm going to have to answer it the other way around because the fear didn't come until after the expansion. I had oh. no fear of the expansion itself. It was once I expanded that then all the fears rose and I was like, holy shit, did I make a mistake? And that's when it all started. And so mm. for the expansion itself, it came about because long ago I decided that I was devoted to my heart and I was devoted to the calls of my heart and that if my heart said to move differently, that I would answer the call. And it had always served me, and I say had as if it hadn't now, it has always served me so well to do that. And every time my heart has tugged me to do something, boom, like when it tugged me to start soulful journaling, I did it. It was amazing. When my heart tugged me to bring out like my first offerings, I did it. It was amazing. When my heart tugged me to, you know, pursue Bevan, I did. It was amazing. And I really built this trust in my heart. And so when the time came for this next expansion, which was really the gene keys doing this next level expansion in me, you know, I'd been working with the gene keys personally for over 18 months at this point, and they were really starting to shift my DNA. And I had this one experience that I've told you about where I felt light breaking out from my DNA and I knew all right, something's going to change after that because I am now not the same. And the thing that got called out in me to change was to change my entire business, to change from soulful journaling to the journey home and to expand in this way to follow more of my heart. Because up until that point, journaling was the thing for me. It was the place where I had come to know, love and understand myself. It was that one modality that I was using. But then after the gene keys came into my world and I just deeply expanded my own inner work, so too did the way I taught the inner work need to expand. And so with that expansion coming, there was nothing but excitement. I had no fear around it. No fear around it whatsoever. I just went, all right, 
what is it what I changed to and I felt journey home come through oh my gosh amazing and I was just so excited and I did the rebranding photo shoot and like I got everything ready and then I had my fairy crow mothers come on board and we were working behind the scenes and I was working on everything for the relaunch and the relaunch party was coming up and no fear at all because I could trust my heart I've she's never led me astray with tugs like this and this was the biggest tug that I'd ever had so it had to be right so I just did it I was all in and it wasn't until after I did that that then all the fears came Mm. because this was the first time that my heart tugged me and I didn't I felt I have experienced the biggest inner expansion I've ever had and for the last five months since I have rebranded, I have continued to expand it at at rates and amounts that are just blowing me away. However, my business on the outside uh, shrunk. So Mm. as of today, I think I've lost almost 800 followers since the rebrand. I lost half of my Journey Home members since the rebrand. Mm-hmm. And that is where the fear came in. But this has been the biggest place of expansion and actually the most exciting part of the whole thing because it's really made me go deeper into myself and connect deeper with my mission than I ever have before. Because as those followers started falling off, as the members started falling off, I started questioning have I done the wrong thing? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh this isn't right. I made a mistake. But of course, instantly I had to challenge that in saying, well, if you think that following your heart and being completely inward expanding and knowing that this is exactly what you're meant to bring to the world, if that's meaning people are dropping off and maybe you're not being as seen and there's not as much engagement, is it your mission that truly matters or just your appearance of outward success that matters to you most? Mm. And I have had to dig fucking deep on that the last five months. I've had to peel back every freaking fear of failure, every prosperity fear that I have, every single aspect of pride and the need to be seen and what impact looks like. And I, all through all of it, it has just been this pathway deeper into my mission than I've ever Mm. gone before, you know, mission over metrics. And I feel like that is what this whole rebrand was about for me. It was a humbling process because what my business was before, it was so aligned and I loved it, but it got to the point where it was just easy and I was creating what I knew people liked. And I was creating, you know, all these journaling prompts and all of this stuff. And people liked to come to that page because they saw like, maybe she's going to fix me, right? They go on to Instagram, they they Google on Instagram journaling because they think maybe that's going to be it. You know, I've tried all of these things. Maybe it will be journaling. They find that account. There's lots of how-tos. Okay, maybe if I just do what she tells me to do, then I'll be fixed, And I think that's why I had such high engagement because that's what I was attracting to me. And now with my shift, my shift, I'm no longer saying, come to me, I'll fix you. I'm saying, come to me and I will mirror back to you 
your deepest mm-hmm. essence. Come to me and I will guide you on the truest of deep paths. I still share just as much journaling. And this is the thing where people, you could see the people that dropped off were never the ones that got the message in the first place because I still share just as much journaling prompts. I share just as many journaling courses and everything in the journey home. I've just added extra flavor, extra depth to the journey. And some people aren't ready for that. Or some people go, oh, no, this isn't what I want anymore. And they'll come back (laughs) when they recognize that. But that's been the fears I've had to go through, the fear of failure, this crushing sense of failure, like, oh, my gosh, I fucked it all up. Oh, my gosh, I'm just going to fail. This is all going to fall apart. It's just going to be nothing. And so I'm having to balance out the deep dream and getting really deep in connection with that for that to be the thing again, because that was what started this entire business was just the dream Mm. was just that burning ideal inside of me. And so this really was the season of truly reconnecting to that at a much deeper level and just, yeah, it's just about serving. It's not about how many I'm serving. It's not about who sees my service. It's just about the service, right? It's not about who sees my creations or who interacts with my creations. It's just about creating them. And so this has just been a stripping back. And yeah, there's been lots of fears along the way. There's been lots of breakdowns along the way, which have just been nothing but more breakthrough. And as a result, I have grounded deeper into the earth than I ever have before. And I am just like, holy shit, what's going to be next? Because this has just been, oh, it's just blowing me away. So yeah. Does that answer your question? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. It's, it's amazing how often when we follow our heart Mm. that we first feel a pushback. Yeah. Hmm. Like once we, once it's reality. Yeah. And the pushback could be visibly on the outside, you know, less followers, less subscribers, people dropping out, comments or whatever it is. But then also in the turmoil on the inside. Mm. And what really propels us forward when we when we manage to ground ourselves and our mission in those moments even more yeah totally it's like, and that's why i love how what you said about mission over metrics yeah mhm because anything that's natural like if you look at homeopathy how often does it happen that you first feel worse and then get better yeah Absolutely. Oh, I know that well. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why it's often when we follow our natural essence Mm -hmm. that there is a little drop. And sometimes it feels, wow, I'm going five steps backwards despite following my heart. Mm. But what we can't see, we're getting more space to have Mm. a bigger jump. Yeah, totally. And like this whole scenario that I've gone through has shown me that the only thing that is worrying and thinking that it's failure is my mind. The Mm. moment I tune into my heart, she's like, fuck yeah, we are exactly where we're meant to be. She's just on 
fire. The moment I tap into it, I'm like, woof. And that's Mm. all I need to know. That's all I need to know. And as I ground deeper into that, then what's happened over the last five months, I have peeled back some of the stuff that I've been carrying for lifetimes. You know, I've Mm. been peeling back ancestral wounding patterns of failure. I've been peeling back so much of this stuff that I could not have peeled back unless life took me deeper into that shadow. And I've learned to trust that on my path. So as much as the fear has been present, I've been so grounded in the fear because I'm like, bring it on. You know, this Mm. is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. And I got to walk my talk. You know, mm-hmm. of course this is happening. Of course I'm having to go through this because it's a very integral portion of my journey. And, um, yeah, as, as hard as it's been, it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me professionally. Right? Mm. Just incredible. So thank you for that question. I loved that opportunity to share that vulnerably. You know, I, I just I don't want to – like portray this idea of just sunshine and rainbows and that it's just all so easy and that, ah, you know, once you have over 10,000 followers, like suddenly social media is easy. It gets harder, (laughs) you know, but it gets harder and Mm. that's okay. You know, I want to be transparent about that. So loved that. Oh, I've got a juicy question for you next, Sarah. So I was listening to I was listening to one of your podcast episodes this morning and you said something that really struck me and just made my heart melt knowing that this is one of the reasons why I love you so much. And you said, I quote, you said, I can never be too much of who I am. I can never be too much of who I am. And you were talking about like, you know, I could never because you're a very passionate person and multifaceted. Like I can never be too multifaceted. I can never be too happy. I can never be too this, too that. And so could you tell the listeners a little bit more about what you mean by that? Like I can never be too much of who I am. And what's the journey around that being like and what does it mean for you in your life? So it actually, again, comes back to my childhood that I don't know if you also had this, but we had this little friendship books where you fill in, you know, your eye color, your favorite dish, where you love to go on holiday, your favorite book. And I saw that a lot of my classmates always wrote like one word for each question. And I struggled because multiple books, different eye colors, like many dishes. You know, it's like it would have been almost easier to write what I not like. (laughs) and and then later on also at school I loved languages but nevertheless I also still like maths Mm. and also sports and so I constantly felt oh I have too much inside me Mm. and that this friendship book was kind of a picture of my inner world yeah. There's not enough space for what I feel and for what I am. Mm. And as I grew up, there came a point later on in life where I sat down and I also was mature enough to sit down and reflect on that feeling. Mm. And it was the fear of being too much for people. 
because later on in life, I just wanted to have one thing written on my business card. You know, it just goes on and on and on. And and I'm a big believer that we all have certain lessons to learn in this life and certain stones that we can, you know, take out of our backpack. And if we don't, they come in different shapes and colors. So when I was little, it was the friendship book. And later on, it was the business card. Mm. And it just made me realize, wow, I'm too scared to be all of me because I'm scared that people reject me because I'm too bubbly and too spiritual. And I I love so many things. Mm. And, And then obviously throughout college, there was a time of trying to adapt and blend in and not stand out Mm. and this didn't go well as you can imagine because it did not make me happy yeah and then there came a point that I really told myself I can never be too much of who I am Mm. Mm. so that's the little story behind that and and it doesn't mean that there is that I'm complete, like this fear is completely gone. Mm. There's still sometimes moments along the way where this comes up. Mm. Uh, first of all, I know what fear it is, where it comes from, and I have my tools to work through it. Yeah. And that's why it's easier for me to navigate it. Yeah. And yeah, and it really, like, I think, like, coming back to what you talked about earlier, like, following your heart Mm. the better we know our fears the louder we hear the voice of our of our heart yeah because then we know okay is this our fear talking or is it our heart Mm. you can decipher between the two Mm -hmm. and this sometimes can be really difficult especially when there's a lot of noise happening with social media and the family and lots of you know running doing all errands all the sorts of stuff that happens from day to um from the morning till night but when we have the clarity on our fears and also the clarity on our gifts as you call it in chinky shadow and light mm. we can much better navigate our our path yeah totally and you know if you'd never sort of worked through that there's no way you would ever send me that voice message because you would have been like Am I too much? Mm. And even then yeah. you had the thought, is it too much? No, my heart's mm. saying do it, so I'll do it. And yeah. I love that being able to learn the voice of your fears, making fear your friend. You have to make mm. fear your friend, otherwise you're never going to understand it and therefore you can mistake fear as your heart speaking. You can mistake yeah. fear as the path that you think you're meant to walk, but it's just the fear. And then mm. once once you understand what that's saying, then you can be like, oh, well, I'm not going to listen to that. What's my heart saying? And you start Absolutely. to discriminate between those two things, which just lights your path up ahead of you like crazy. Mm. And again, the way you explain that, it's just your gene key chart. I mean, <laughs> I, just, it, I don't think it's ever going to cease to blow my mind. That once I really know someone's gene key profile, then when I just hear them talk about their life, I'm just like, that is your gene key profile. <laughs> and that is, you know, that line one that's like the line one wants to have one thing on its business card. Mm. And the line three says, uh, excuse me, we've got 20 things on our business card. 
And there is a conflict, an inner conflict mm-hmm. within you, and it's about sifting through that and coming to a happy equilibrium and understanding from both sides. And, like, I just, ah, oh, you know, this is one of the many, many reasons why I love you so much is this level of self-awareness around that. Oh, thank that, you. That you had since you were in Bloomin' Elementary <laughs> School writing in your friendship book. You know, because school teaches us that we're just meant to write one thing down. There's only space, even like if you're making a worksheet. I mean, I'm an ex-teacher. I've done this myself. You make a worksheet. What's your favorite color? You just put one line for the kid to answer. We're already boxing children in to believe they can only be one thing. The question, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's just we're waiting for one answer. And that's just not going to be the case for so many people, especially not the people with line threes or line sixes in their activation sequence, that's for sure. And so, you know, we can be doing such a disservice, but you you were so fortunate to grow up in a home that that held you in that and nourished your self-awareness so that you could bring it from such a young age, which is why you are here in front of me today in your early 30s with the wisdom of someone in their 60s. And, um, yeah. I could just listen to you all bloody day. So thank you for that beautiful answer. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. And it's very interesting how our questions go so hand in hand <laughs> because the question I have for you. So I think last year we had a conversation and you said, you don't always have to do what you're good at for your job. Ooh, mm, yes. <laughs> and... I so well remember that. And we were talking about your path and how you realize just because you're good at something, it doesn't necessarily mean you also need to turn it into your profession. Yeah. And could you share a bit more with your listeners how the how has how has this mindset helped you in committing to your path? Because you are good at many things. And I'm sure you were a wonderful teacher as well. And just your aunt, like your comments about the lines and doing the worksheet, like really showed that you are extraordinary at that as well. But what helped you to really focus your energy mm-hmm. in one direction rather than diluting into everything that you're good at? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is such a good question. Um, yeah. Like it's such a important truth is that just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're destined to do that for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And the difficult thing with this is when you're good at something, you get validation for doing that thing. And so then we can end up mistaking validation for our destined path. Mm. Where just because somebody else is telling me I'm so good at this, that must mean I'm meant to do it. And because someone else is telling me I'm so good at this, it feels good. And so I must do it. But then the question is, what's making you feel good? The validation for how good you are at it or actually just doing the thing? And so for me, it was about recognizing if I was getting no validation for, say, teaching, zero validation from anyone and it was just me doing that and no one ever got to see what I did or I never got a compliment about it would I still want would I still have the energy to do that for the rest of my life hell no 
is the same with my past life as a bodybuilder, right? I thought that I really loved that, but I didn't. I loved the validation. If you took everyone's compliments and everything that anyone ever said about how much weight I could lift or what I was looking like in my physique, if you took all of that away, did I actually enjoy the training? No, (laughs) I just enjoyed the validation. And so for me, that is the huge difference because we can be good at anything. This is the thing about a human being. If you put in enough effort to anything, you could be good at it. And I think part of our conversation we even had, I even said to you, like, if I wanted to become a brain surgeon and do that, I could, I could do that. You know, you could actually do that. I could study, I could learn, I could pass the exams if I put in enough effort. And I could be good at that. I could be good at anything. I could go take up a sport. And if I hone that craft for the next 10 years, guess what? I'm going to be bloody good at that in 10 years time. Mm. Does that mean that I'm meant to do it? And so, you know, in our childhood, we get good at certain things because that's the environment that we were placed in and the opportunities that we had to do those things. Like for you, you play golf, competitive, high level golf, because that was the environment that you got placed in. You know, did that mean that it was meant to be what you did for the rest of your life? Not necessarily. For some people, though, yes. And so that's the big thing. It's when you strip back the validation, when you strip back anyone ever seeing you do it, and if you strip back any money that you got paid for it, and it was just you doing that thing, would you still want to do it for the rest of your life? And that's really what I have found now in what I do. When I left teaching, man, the amount of people that were just like, you can't leave, like you're too good of a teacher to leave, you're, you know, you're too amazing, the, you know, the kids need you and da 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 because I was, I was a good teacher, I was a good teacher, but I was like, yeah, but that's not a reason to stay because it's sucking the life out of me on a deeper level. And so what I do now with the gene keys and journaling and working with women and the inner work. And this is what my what I was talking about, that expansion, that rebrand and everything has just solidified for me is that if no one ever saw any of it and if I never earned another dime from it, I would still be doing this every damn day, every damn day. If this podcast was just for one person's ears that I never even got to know or hear about what they thought, I'd be here. You know, just for me Mm. to have this conversation, it's worth it. You know, just for me sitting there with my journal, sitting with the gene keys, bringing it into just my relationships and everything that I do. I'm just so lit up by it, regardless of the validation. And so that is where I would really encourage the listeners to look, you know, and that's how you can decipher. And it's okay. At the same time, it's okay to get validation for something you're good at as well. You know, I'm not saying that validation is bad. It's only an issue when you're utilizing it as fuel to keep going on a misaligned Mm. path. That's when it becomes an issue. So we can still enjoy validation. We can still be good at stuff, you know, like who knows, maybe I'll go and teach little bits and pieces and bring what I do now into teaching. And I might be back in the classroom one day doing a workshop with kids and I'll probably be good at that too. But it's just going to be wherever my heart leads me. And whatever I would do simply because I love it, 
not because of an outcome that it can give to me. Oh, that's so potent. Mm. Just when we strip away everything and all the validation and the money, would we still do it? Mm. Such a great question. Yeah. Such and, a great question. You know, and this is, I understand as well that we need to earn money to survive. So this, me saying that isn't me saying like, okay, if you work a job that is literally helping you and your family survive and you wouldn't do it if there was no money to go and quit your job. There are also things that we have to do in certain seasons of life to to actually create a life that then we can do what we love to do. And so maybe you do have to go to a job that you don't enjoy for now in this season, but then in your time outside of that job, what lights you up? Mm -hmm. Because as you actually start focusing on what lights you up, it will blaze a pathway, a new pathway that might see you in five years time or 10 years time, actually being able to redirect and leave that job. It's not about being reckless with your life and just pretending like we can just live off of passion. You know, we can't, it's a balancing act. And so, you know, there were many years where I was still teaching when I didn't really want to be, and I'd already figured this out, but then I had to sort of start weaving my path, you know, weaving my way out. And then I was earning money in different ways as I was still weaving, you know. And so that's also important too. You know, if you if you are doing something that you don't really love, well then the number one priority outside of your work time should be investing some time in something that you do love. Because even if that's not the thing that's going to earn you the income, it's going to open up the door to something else. Like you, as long as you are in your heart and you're doing things that you love, life will always open up doors for you. But we can't wait around in the thing we hate, waiting for a door to open into something we love if we're not already placing ourselves in the love frequency. And so that's really important too. Ah, that's so beautiful. And I think it's another really good thing for people to understand not everything that we love, we need to make money with. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, how yes. some people just think when they love painting and they love pottery and cooking or whatever it is, sometimes you are allowed yeah. that it, it's only your free time. It's only your hobby. Yeah. yeah. We don't always need to turn everything into an income. No. And you can but be an I, artist mm. without selling a single piece of art. You can be a chef yes. without ever being paid for making a meal. Mm. Like you can, you can own that. I am a chef. There you go. <laughs> so am I. So am I. And that's like, for me, that's what I've really grounded into. I am a Gene Keys guide, whether I am guiding anyone or not, because it's mm -hmm. who I am, you know? And so to the listeners, who are you? without any yeah. need for anyone else to validate that as being who you are. And maybe you don't know. And that is the best invitation of them all to go on the voyage of finding out. Mm. Right. Oh, beautiful guidance for people when it comes to walking that path. Yeah, totally. Oh, I'm going to change direction slightly. I mean, we're still in the realms of inner work, but um, before, I met, <laughs> before I met you, Sarah, <laughs> I thought that I had cultivated a really amazing relationship with my body. I thought I had. 
And I had to a degree, like from where I'd come from, oh my gosh, I was like eons down the road from where I began. But you came in and lit a freaking fire up under that for me. <laughs> and I, I remember one day on Zoom, we we were exchanging services. So I'd done Gene Key sessions with you and you were doing some coaching sessions with me. And I was sharing with you about how I was feeling so down because my body was failing me at that point. Like I was in a really tough season with my health and I was like, my body's failing me. And then you asked me, it was kind of a rhetorical question, but you were like, is your body failing you or is your body feeling down because you're failing her? Hmm. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that sent me on a glorious new path of of self-discovery and it opened me up to just so much more in my world and on my healing path. And I would just love it if could you share with the listeners a bit more about the importance of our connection and our relationship to our physical bodies and how you stay so connected to yours because this is a hallmark of you and this is like oh one of the things where in some scenarios I'm the big sister and you're the little sister and in other scenarios you're the big sister and I'm the little sister when it comes to connection to the body you are the big sister (laughs) um and so yeah what's the importance of that connection and how do you stay connected Mm. Ooh, that's a really big, really, really, really big question. <laughs> maybe let me start with how I stay connected with my body or maybe even how do I reconnect with my body? Mm. Because mm. we forget. <laughs> we forget. Yeah. When life gets busy, we have a lot of balls to juggle. Uh, a lot of people have a job where they sit, you know, where, where or, or also where they don't really need their body for, for it. And it's Mm. all about mind's work. Mm. So in a lot of different scenarios throughout the day, our body doesn't get enough attention. Yeah. Or doesn't get enough opportunity to serve us Mm. as much as as he or she would like to. So our body is one of the biggest and most honest mirrors. And I am a big believer in a work does not work without including the body. Yeah. It simply doesn't. Because our body instantly, you know, like when we are talking, how does it make you feel? Mm. Or when you are experiencing fear after the launch and people are dropping out, often we feel that fear first in the body. Yeah, physical response for sure. When we walk into a room, we feel the energy of other people in our body. Yeah. Our body really is a bridge. is a bridge to ourselves, to our soul, also to others. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like how I pay attention to my body and how I reconnect it and reconnecting is simple exercises again it starts off in the morning like how does my body feel 
I love bouncing in the morning. You don't need a trampoline friend. You can just do it like, you know, wherever in the bathroom or next to your bed to awaken the energy because we are lying all, all night. So there's not much movement. And then we just shake and it feels so good. I mean, how often does it happen? You know, we are not having a great day. We turn on amazing music. We dance Mm. and everything shifts. Yeah. How often is it that we stand up tall Mm. and it makes us feel more like a winner? Mm. How often does a simple smile change our inner world? And all these little, or how much can a hug change? Yeah. And I think all these little examples show the power our body has. Yeah. It really has so much power. So for me, I do a lot of tapping on the body to chain, like to really get the energy moving. I love dry brushing. I love to do foot reflexiology for myself as well with some oil in the evening. I love hot, cold exposure when I'm showering. Obviously not every day, but whenever I do feel like it. I love rearranging my workouts around my periods. Mm -hmm. you know like just to do more yin yoga and just to slow down and not stress my body when I have when I'm losing a lot of blood Mm -hmm. I yeah it's just I love nourishing my body but it has not always been like that there was a time you know like I was counting calories especially you know when you're 18 19 20 Mm -hmm. like counting calories and thinking low-fat yogurt is fine you know like all sorts of these things and also, there was the my, I had the mindset when I was much younger. I need to work out when I ate a lot, mm. and it took me a while to heal these mindsets yeah. and to really understand my body is my best friend. Yeah, like my body wants me to feel good, and that's mm. why my body gives does goes through all this pain. Mm. To signal to, to you. To mm. signal to me or goes for all this joy. Like my body is like constantly showing me what's happening around me, but also within me. Yeah. Mm. And I think that also answers probably why it's so important yeah. mm. to reconnect with our body because our body offers us so much. Mm. Mm-hmm. And very often it happens, our mind is traveling, you know, to yesterday, to in two weeks, to <laughs> a friend, to a mother, to a neighbor. And during this time, our body is sitting here all the time. Yeah. And that's where the disconnect happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your body's always in the present moment, right? Exactly. Mm. And that's why I see the body as a, potent vessel to come back to the presence love that and I love the way you've described the evolution over time of utilizing certain practices like the foods that you eat and the exercise that you do and and you know all of these beautiful self-care practices even like tapping and dry brushing we can do those from a place of self-loathing and that is mm. often how people do practices for their body. 
all of the things that we do for our body, the the foods that we eat, the exercise that we do is 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 tainted with self-loathing. Whereas you've really cultivated these practices so that they are birthed from the well of self-love, which can only be done when you are coupling the body practices with the inner work practices because a lot of us we want to slap the body practices on top like band-aids like fix me fix me I'm I'm Mm -hmm. broken I you know I don't like the way my body looks or feels or behaves so I'm going to slap all this shit on top so that it's better instead of being like no I'm just going to love you right where you're at and when I'm gentle and I'm kind to myself, what practices want to come out of that place? And they're often Mm. the same practices as what we do out of loathing, but done with a completely different intention and therefore a different frequency, which then gives us a different outcome. Mm. Right? Beautifully described. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Like, oh, you're just the queen of uh, body (laughs) love. (laughs) Yeah, but it 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 took it took me quite a few years to get to that point, and mm-hmm. I still have my days where I struggle with, you know, like if my body's not as vital as energized. Yeah, but overall, I I I managed for a lot of inner work, for a lot of body focused mm-hmm. tools and exercises mm-hmm. to accept and love the body I have. So important. So important. And I I will forever Mm. honor you for helping me to click even deeper into place the importance of that. Because in the last 18 months, that has greatly helped me shift in my chronic illness journey. Just in some of those little simple ways that you helped me to shift that the way I was seeing it. Because I thought that having a good relationship with my body was just fixing my body image at one point. Mm. And I worked so hard on that and it was amazing. And I really helped myself, but then it was like, oh, but that acts like, that's not enough. There's a deeper Mm -hmm. layer to this. And you really woke me up. It's like, you came in and shook me and I was like, shit, this girl's (laughs) rat. (laughs) Well, it's a little bit like with inner work, the way you describe it with the layers. Yeah. For some, the first layer is to be able to look in the mirror, look at yourself in a mirror when you're naked. Yeah. And the next label might be allowing yourself to enjoy a dessert when you go out. Yeah. And the next layer might be being okay, no matter if the, like your scale shows in the morning, two pounds less or more. Mm-hmm. And then the next layer is listening to what kind of workout your body needs. You know, it's, so they were mm-hmm. just as, Similar to the inner work, there are so many layers for the body. Yeah. And I'm just a huge fan. And I do also believe it's really important to marry the inner work with the body. Yeah. In whatever way everyone wants it to do, but we can't leave out the body and Mm. hoping for us to be whole. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff. Mm. So... Well, my next question for you is a little bit different now. (laughs) (laughs) You you built a big community with women around the world. And I've seen some transformations of women 
throughout the campfires, you know, like in the beginning, they were scared to even turn on the camera. And now like, you know, like now they're leaders. It's, it's just amazing how, how much light they are now allowing themselves to shine. Mm. And I'm wondering on the one hand, what are your biggest lessons in building and nourishing communities or your community? Mm. And also what helped you to find your role in that community to, mm. I always love, you know, there are some lead. I think it's a difference. If you look at a corporation between being a boss and being a leader, mm. because mm -hmm. the boss only mingles at a certain Mm -hmm. level up there while the leader always you know they have their own office and everything but they always come and spend time with you yeah and how do you find that balance of togetherness and at the same time still being the role model oh delicious and um I recorded a podcast episode yesterday with Debbie and she asked a very similar question about leadership where <laughs> I, I like answered in this big grandiose way so I might answer it a bit differently for this one because this is the next episode um you know what for me it's just about being everyone's friend first you know mm -hmm. to me in terms of community building that's the most important thing to me friendship first you know, and that's the same as mission over metrics. Um, I think just naturally without it having to be, it wasn't a strategy. I just naturally, ever since I started my Instagram page three years ago, I've responded to every comment and every DM that I ever got, you know. And if someone needs to have a chat, I'm there to have a chat. And mm. um, if I can feel that one of the women in my community might be struggling with something and she crosses my mind, I stop what I'm doing and I reach out to her. You know, that's just so important to me. So important to me. It's all about, and I didn't know that about myself until later on in, in my life. I say later on, I'm only 33, but like in my lifetime, it's taken me a long time to realize that because I do have a deep yearning for impact. I do have a deep yearning to lead, to bring new ideas, to build something of beauty and magnificence. And I think that the way the world and in patriarchy had taught me was that, okay, if you want to be a leader and if you want to build something big and of magnificence, well, then you need to just be so focused on building that and that's all that matters. Yet that never sat well with me because I was like, but, but I want to be with the people. I don't want to be like sitting up at the top of something and other people are responding to DMs for me. Oh, God forbid, you know, mm. or the thought of somebody else creating my content for me. I'm like, eh, no fucking way. Or someone else replying to someone's comments, but it's my name that's replying. Eh. I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> and <laughs> that made me realize I didn't realize how much I loved people until I started my business. I've mm. always liked people. I've always been a social person and I like, I like 
conversations and stuff like that. But I also journeyed social anxiety and I also journeyed stuff that made me think, well, maybe I don't like people. And I also, um, been around people in my life that have been like the, I hate people kind of people. And I've sort of thought, do I hate people too? Maybe I hate people too. Maybe it's safer to hate people, you know, than to actually let them in. And so, yeah, I think that that has really informed my style of community building and leadership. And I think that that is a slower path. Um, And that's challenging for that impact part of me. That's that line five of me, like my life's work, that's that line five that just wants to like build it and the people will come you know it's like Mm -hmm. make the things and do the stuff but then there's this other part of me and it's in my vocation sphere which is really what you are here to do in the world I'm a line four and that is all about love and community it's all about friendship and people and being on the ground in everything I want to be a part of everything I don't want to sit at the top and not know what's going on I don't want to filter things down through people or like someone has to go to this person before they can talk to me I want to just be sitting there around the campfire whether I'm leading it or someone else is leading it but I just want to be there and I just want to be with the people you know I just want to be with the people and um so I kind of have forgotten the original question (laughs) (laughs) no it's um you're answering it you know like what are some of the biggest lessons you have learned Mm. in building a community and I think you pretty well answered it it's like always being in touch yeah just actually building a community for the right reasons Mm -hmm. building a community with a pure intention I think that there are a lot of people out there and I used to be one of these people who only want to build community so they have an audience, who only Mm -hmm. want to build community so they can sell to that community, who only want to build a community so that they can feel like they have influence over something and feel like they matter. And that's what our world teaches us. That's what patriarchy will do. You know, the patriarchal model, that's how it builds business. And so by coming into business, just by being called into it through my heart, which just I never expected to be, I was, I just thought that I was just going to get a job in the government and just do that to be safe for the rest of my life. My heart called me here. And then it has challenged all of this shit. It's even made me realize that, oh my God, I can't believe I thought that that's what you needed to do. And I don't want to do that. And so I've, I've learned through business and building community that to do it differently is difficult to do it differently might take more time might take more um effort but the the what you get back in fulfillment runs deeper than anything else ever could Mm. And that's the thing. And that is the integrity, I think. That's the thing, Sarah. Being in leadership and building a community has challenged me into integrity. Integrity ah, isn't beautiful. something that I was raised with. Um, as much as I loved my dad, he was not a very integral man. <laughs> Sorry, dad. <laughs> 
<laughs> he wasn't very integral man it was his birthday yesterday he would have been 58 and I wrote in my journal happy birthday you old bastard <laughs> her birthday was yesterday my dad's birthday was yesterday on the yeah. 20th to the 20th of December mm. yeah yeah um but yeah he didn't he had integrity in certain areas of his life but when it came to business he didn't really have integrity and so I wasn't raised with that and so I've had to learn that on my own, but my heart led me into that. I didn't decide, okay, to be successful, I need to learn integrity. I'm going to read stuff about integrity. Just by being in it and recognizing my love for people and recognizing the things that come up and the things that like my mind tells me to do, but then my heart's like, but no. And then sitting with that and sifting through that and continuing to follow my heart as a natural byproduct, the biggest lesson to learn has been what does it actually mean to be a person of integrity and what does it actually mean to build a community with integrity? Because I don't think that there are many out there, mm. you know, I mean, there is a lot, but in the scheme of the world, I think that there is a minority of integral community building and I have to continue challenging myself with that and it's something that I will always continue to challenge myself on is that integrity that that heart space that intention and unless the intention is pure behind something I don't want it and that's mm -hmm. something that I have learned from being in a place of I guess you would call it leadership but it, it doesn't even feel like that to me, you know? And I, I said to Debbie yesterday, I've learned that from the Gene Keys, the person who has true authority is the one who is willing to give up all authority because then it's the, the people elect you in authority. Mm -hmm. um, it's not about like, yeah, sitting on a throne. You know, I don't like the word queen. I don't like, um, that's something that I found like in our culture and it's like, queen and you be the queen and you're the queen of this and you're the queen of that and you're a queen in your business and I'm like do I want to be sitting on a throne reigning over people like a queen reigns mm -hmm. I don't want to reign <laughs> you know yeah I just want to I just want to be with everyone they want us all to be sovereign over our own lives, not to be some queen. <laughs> and the way you lead your community, the way you build and nourish your community, I think the best picture is the monthly campfire. Mm. I love it. You so know, much. you hold the space, but everyone has equal rights and importance to share their story, to share their voice. It's a safe space for everyone. Everyone is welcome. It's diverse. People from all sorts of walks, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think the campfire is a great picture of summarizing also your leadership. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And and I think this is why it takes longer to build something like this because people think they want the flashy tell me who to be, 
I want someone that I can, it's going to be my leader and they can fix me and we can all sit there and sing and just like, you know, <laughs> we mm. can all sit there and praise this leader and we'll, we'll all be changed together and rah, 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 big motivation. You can do it, like slap some positivity on it. I think a lot of us are still in a point where we're yet to figure out that that's not actually the thing we crave. Mm-hmm. And that what we actually crave, once you experience it, you go, holy shit, this was what I was, this is what I needed. Just a space where I can be seen, heard, loved, held, no matter how I'm showing up in my full spectrum of emotions, where I'm encouraged and guided, but never told. And when I'm not, you know, people don't come into my space to learn my wisdom. They come into my space for me to mirror their wisdom to them. And that is a more difficult path than just being like, I will just take on your wisdom. But it's actually the only true path. And it's the one that mm. the person that's taking on the wisdom is actually seeking. And so it's, you know, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't hard to, to hold that firmly. Because sometimes it's easier just to bark with some people and be like, come and listen. Like I could put on a show, man, mm -hmm. I can put on a fucking show. You know, I can come with all of my energy and I can inspire and I can tell you what to do. But I know that at the end of the day, that's not the true thing that's going to bring you into your greatness. And so to be in integrity with that, I have to show up like that. And it might mean there's less people, but I've just got to trust. I just have to trust. So thank you for that question. Oh, you're really peeling me back today, Sarah. You're getting me into my behind the scenes. And this is why I love having people come on to ask questions because you see, I never think to talk about this stuff myself because it's just so mm. just who I am in my life that I never think that like, oh, people might want to hear about that. I just don't see it. So like you're, you're being my mirror right now for my wisdom. This is exactly what I'm talking about. So, mm. okay. My fourth question for you. That's a good one. This is where I'm circling back around to spirituality. So one of, da, 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 da. The, oh, one of the things that I originally, that just originally had me falling in love with you, Sarah, was how much freedom you have within your spirituality. So, you know, many of my experiences with spiritual people up until then had been quite closed-minded. And spiritual people are meant to be the most open-minded, but they're often the most closed-minded. So, for example, like um, they'll believe in one thing and then discount all other things. And so that might look like Christianity, believing in Christianity and then completely disregarding things like the moon cycles or Chinese medicine. Or it can look like being really into new age, I put that in quotation marks, new age spirituality, but then having a complete disregard for teachings of spiritual greats like Jesus, right? That's, that's often what I had come across. But when I started chatting with you in the DMs, I was like, hmm. I was trying to figure you out because I was like, this girl is dropping Bible verses, speaking about God and church, but then she's also really into crystals and acupuncture and oracle cards and 
my heart was exploding because I too was in this space of uh, expanded free spirituality where I too love the teachings of Jesus, but I love an oracle card. <laughs> I love crystal. And- <laughs> And I'm so open to it all. And so could you share a bit with us about what it feels and looks like to be so spiritually free? Oh, I love how you call it spiritually free because for me, it's so normal. Mm. Because if you look at, just to name a few of the things you mentioned, if you look at religion or acupuncture, crystals, oracle cards they all have something in common Mm. you know it helps us to become the greatest version of ourselves yeah and to uh, deepen the connection with ourselves Mm. and for some people it might be through being a buddhist for others it might be believing in god others might you know, like love talking to angels while others do crystals or plant their own special whatever herbs and have their deep connection through to Mother Earth through that. And coming back to my childhood, we've always had so many different tools, you know, angel cards and tarot cards. Like I have a a big cupboard filled with cards that I've been (laughs) collecting over the years. And so I think growing up with different tools, but also having had friends from different countries and different Mm. cultures, Mm. because I remember I was talking to a friend of mine, she's Muslim and we were like around 16 years old. And she said, we all believe in the same and I'm Christian, and I'll never forget that conversation. And I was like, what do you mean? She said, we all believe in something that's higher than us. Mm-hmm. And so all these conversations and going to different workshops around the world and traveling and reading books and talking to people like you as well, helped me to open up my mind and my soul to a lot of different things. And just because they're different doesn't mean they're not one. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, like when I pray in the morning and then I do, let's say, breath work, and then for lunch I go to acupuncture, and then in the afternoon I, let's say, I do ice bath, and in the evening... I don't know, I do a certain face yoga. On the outside, it might all look different, but in the end, it's all the same. It comes down to reconnecting with our true essence. It comes down to reconnecting with ourselves Mm. and nourishing the body, the mind, and the soul. Mm. And I see spirituality not just as something that's higher than us, I see spirituality also in our body and mm. the food we eat. Mm. It mm. manifests in, in a lot of things. And one of the biggest freedoms that life has given me is that I am open to anything when it comes to that, because it also helps me to connect deeply with other people. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't expect everyone to be Christian or to use crystals or to believe in tarot cards. No, mm. I, I just, one thing I do advocate that it's very important to believe in something. Yeah. No matter what you call it. And it might even be, you know, believing that life is my friend. But mm. having that anchor that mm. keeps us going, especially mm. when it's dark and rainy outside. Mm-hmm. but other than that it gives so much freedom for mm-hmm. everyone to be the way they are and yeah so I'm not sure if this really answers the question oh <laughs> to- like what I'm hearing from you is that where for so many people their spiritual their spirituality is what separates them from other people for mm. you it's what connects you to all people yeah it really and connects me that's that's unity just like how you said we have all of these different religions and spirituality but it's all the same just like we are all different but at the end of the day we are all the same Mm. and it's the exact same thing and you know I heard um uh, a college professor say something um a couple of weeks ago and I was like holy shit like yeah you know where he said the if you are religious the religion that you are for most people is just determined by your country of birth. It's -hmm. just determined by the family you grew up in. If you were born into a different family in India, you'd be Hindu. You know, if you were born in a family in Afghanistan, you'd be Muslim. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're born in the family in America, maybe you're a Jew or maybe you're a Christian or you're Catholic. And that, like you're saying, it actually doesn't matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. It actually doesn't matter. What matters is the way in which that form of spirituality is supporting us in knowing ourselves deeply, understanding ourselves deeply, and connecting with other people. At the end of the day, if your spirituality is keeping you separated from another person, mm-hmm. is it truly spirituality? Yeah. Right? Is it truly? And that's why I speak of you as being free. And I'm not saying that you have to believe in multiple things to be spiritually free. You can be a Christian or a Muslim and be completely spiritually free if you are able to connect on a deep level with all people. You can still be completely spiritually free or you can, Mm -hmm. like you said, you can just believe in something like life is my friend. And be spiritually free. It's the moment that we box ourselves in and we begin living in fear because of our spirituality. And that's where we can become a victim to our own spiritual choices when they're actually the birthplace of our fear, when it's actually meant to be the place where we can see fear fade away. And I really see that in you. I see your spiritual walk and the way in which you move in your own spirituality. It is truly your place of freedom. It is truly the place where you break chains. Whereas I hear a lot in different spiritual communities, this idea of breaking chains and all I see is them being put on. Mm. You know? And so I really, I celebrate you for that. And I Thank love that I, I, I get to see that so much, you know, in, in the circles that I roll in and the women that I've attracted into my life and men getting to witness that I think is just, um, 
yeah, it's it's beautiful. And I think we're going to see a lot more of it. We are seeing a lot more of it happening. And um, I think it's an exciting time. Ah, such a beautiful topic. And when we, when we come back to the word connection, um, I also have my fourth question, which is, so actually, let me go back. You talked a lot about how much you listen to your heart and how much you trust your heart. But I also know you were an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you did business coaching this year. So mm -hmm. my question is, especially for the people out there that also try to find the connection between their mind and their heart. Mm. How do you build the connection? Because there are situations, it's very important to trust our heart and our gut feeling. Mm. But some situations really require our mind. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you incorporate both in your team? Yeah, what a good question. And it's, it's the heart mind right? The heart mind. And so I follow my heart, but then the heart isn't the one that um, executes. So mm -hmm. my heart is the dreamer. My heart is the compass. And then my mind executes the direction that the heart is calling me. And this is the balance between yin and yang within ourselves. So your heart is the yin and your mind is the yang. And yang is only in its true power when it is in service to the yin. So if the mind was coming up with the ideas and the dreams and where we should go and then executing it, it would lead you down paths that weren't necessarily aligned and you can feel all of the pressure and then the, ah, you're like, why is this? Ah? And there will be a lack of fulfillment. If you were just in your heart and you were just dreaming and you were just feeling heart tugs, but then the mind never came in to execute, you will be a dreamer with no dreams that have manifest. Mm. And so the heart mind is where the heart dreams first. This is a very important part. The heart dreams first. The heart aligns the compass. And then the mind comes in with its beautiful gifting of execution, of strategy and structure and um, being able to move in a direction, right? The heart is like, yeah, you're behind the wheel and then, the mind is the car. <laughs> you need the car to get somewhere. It's the vehicle, you know? And so um, I, for me, this is one of my biggest challenges in life is the balance between those two things. And this is my core challenge in my gene key chart. So where for you, Sarah, your challenge is between complexity and um, the deafness where like the sound of the world and it gets like, and, and trying to then keep it simple and access your insights. Mm -hmm. That's your core challenge. My core challenge is between that yin and that yang. It's that core challenge between the heart wanting to find the way and then the other part of me wanting to execute and finding the beautiful harmony between those two things. And so in different seasons of my life and in different seasons of my business, I require more or less of each of those. And mm -hmm. so at the start of this year, when I did invest in business coaching, I did that because I was like, okay, my heart is dreaming. She is dreaming. She is cooking up some shit, but I'm not quite executing that well enough with structure to actually see that dream manifest. And so then I purposefully 
hired a business coach that I saw was more in the yang. And she came in and she was the container to my water. And she helped me to figure out, okay, what does it look like for me to be in structure that is in support of my yin magic? What does it look like for me to have strategies that actually allow my dream to come out into the world? Because it's important, you know, a dream without a strategy, just it's a wasted dream. Um, Mm. But a strategy without a dream behind it is just an unfulfilling trap. And so, yeah, then I had to sit with that. But then through that, then I felt myself, oh, I went too far into the strategy and the structure and then I lose sight of my dream and I lose sight of my heart and I go, okay, so I need to come back into my heart and I'm like, all right, now I need some more structure. <laughs> and this is the story of my freaking life. And, of course, it is. It's the story of my core challenge in my G-Key chart. And so I've, yeah, I have been learning over the last well, three years that I've had this business, but I have been an entrepreneur and in business for since 2015. So how many years is that? Eight. Eight. Wow. For eight years as a woman in business as an entrepreneur, and I've been figuring this out very slowly along the way um, of, of what that looks like. And so for me, I have to be really aware of that balance. Because it's easy for me to go out of balance. And mm-hmm. I know I know which way I've gone out of balance because if I'm feeling um, disconnected from why I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm too much in the structure and the strategy. And if I'm feeling like my dreams aren't just aren't getting ground, if I feel like my dreams aren't coming through me, I'm too much in the yin mm-hmm. and I need and I need some more structure and strategy. And so that's a daily dance for me. It is a daily dance. And just like what you were describing of like checking in. So I have to check in. And so now I've created practices um, more recently, actually, from really figuring out that, Haley, this is a fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, now on my work days, I begin with a um a chant um a kundalini chant which is for like awakening your dreams and i sit i cross my legs i put it on it's a 23 minute track but then i just go for as long as it feels good so it might be seven minutes it might be two it might be 20 and i connect with that heart first because it has to come first and I will sit there and I will Mm -hmm. sing that chant and I move and I I visualize the color that the heart is at that time and I feel it erupt like vitality through me even if I am completely exhausted which I am often because I have chronic fatigue it just goes boom I'm like then after that then I ask myself what do you want to do today you know Mm. what what does it look like to bring that through today Instead of trying to slap on all of these structures of this is what you have to do on Monday and this day and this day, I have that loosely to hold me. Otherwise, I would just cease to exist. I've got that loosely. But then on the day, all right, connect with the heart. Now, how do you want to implement? Connect with the heart. What do you want to create? Instead of just being like, what do you want to create? Because then I get overwhelmed and then I lose sight of my mission and then I feel terrible because that's my life force 
you know? Ah, I love that so much. Like, first of all, I love how you put it in pictures. It's the container Always. to your water. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I love, love, love that. Like your heart is your driver, but mm. the mind is the car. Mm. It's so beautiful the way you put it in pictures. And, and also I love that you have the practice of first checking in with your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And then from that place, driving and creating everything. Yeah. And I think it's such a great inspiration for not just on a daily basis, but especially if people want to find their path. Yeah. Or when they feel like they're at a junction, do I go left? Do I go right? Yeah. Rather than making the list of cons and pros or mm. sitting down and thinking, what could bring me more money? What's a more mm -hmm. business strategy? That's something you might need to do down the line. Yeah. But first, you got to sit down and you got to breathe into your heart. Yes, absolutely. And I had to learn, I think this is something we all have to learn, is that when you have that moment of your heart is just exploding and you see the dream, you see the vision, we've all had those moments. That moment is not enough to carry you for the whole thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I used to think that. So I'd have this moment where it was just so clear, you can feel it. And then a few days down the line, I'm feeling lost and I'm going, what, why, yeah. why am I lost? And then it finally clicked for me. It took me so long for this one to click. Oh, I need to connect with that feeling every single day, mm -hmm. every single day. It's not about, I have a dream and then that's enough. No, you'll forget Life is noisy. Life is busy. Social media and seeing what everybody else is doing will mm -hmm. energetically distract you from that purity of your dream. And so instead of being a victim to that and then thinking, okay, well, now I need to get rid of social media and I, uh, no, you just need to take time to connect back in with you, baby. Like mm -hmm. you don't have to make it so complicated where you have to drown everything out. It's like, no, I don't have to cut everything off. I just have to make the noise of me louder. How am I going to do that? And how am I going to connect in with that love and that dream every single freaking day? And that is really um, very, very helpful for me, especially in this time where I'm redefining all my mm. ideas of success mm. and everything. And that's just supporting me so beautifully, so beautifully. And I know we've come to the end of our questions, but there's a final thing. And I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot. I've already prepared mine ahead of time, <laughs> but I'm putting you on the spot. I thought we could end by sharing something that we admire in one another. Because that's Do we very get us. another episode for that? <laughs> no, well, we, we could, it could <laughs> be like just the beginning of maybe something else, but um, I thought it was very, uh, Haley and Sarah-esque mm. um, because we're always we're always telling each other what we admire. It's so and true. So I love that. I thought we could let the listeners in. I mean, that's we've been doing that this whole episode, but I just, you know, I wanted to end with that. So I love that. You can think of yours while I share mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I greatly admire in you, Sarah, that you are so just deeply connected to your burning ideal inside of you and that even though 
you do grandiose things in life, like running a startup and coaching celebrity clients and moving from Austria to LA and all of these grand things. At the end of the day, all that matters to you is that you play a role in bringing more happiness to the world no matter what that looks like. And in some seasons of your life, it will look big and grand. And in other seasons of your life, it will be behind closed doors and very few people will know about it. But the scale of it doesn't matter to you. And this is what I admire most. The scale of it does not matter to you. All that matters to you is that you follow your heart and that you share kindness in whatever way that you can, whether that be just a smile walking past someone on the street or whether it be bloody collecting flowers in the pandemic and delivering it to everybody with your mom, you know. And um, I just loved how you put it in your most recent podcast episode. You said that the how in your life is always changing, but your why always stays the same. And because of that, you are so grounded and can hold such beautiful, heart-centered, loving space for anyone who comes into your world and who comes into your aura. And I really do thank you for that. And I thank you for being you and being so dedicated to what you're passionate about. And um, I really greatly admire that in you. Wow. I get goosebumps and it actually also makes me tear up. It's, I did not think about what I wanted to say because I first wanted to really fully receive what you're saying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also to feel what I'm feeling while you're saying it. And it's deeply moves and deeply touches me. Mm -hmm. And it's another big sign from life that was the right thing to send you that message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And And for me, I love about you so many things and I admire so many things about you. Maybe I say about one thing I love about you and that's not even priority list. Like it's Mm. just one thing that comes to my mind. I love that you are so free spirited. Mm. It's really amazing. You don't give an F. (laughs) If people, you know, it's like my doors mm. open, come in. If you love what I'm serving, stay out. If you don't, <laughs> I don't, I really don't care. Mm. And I love that you have this free spirit and have the courage to keep your heart open. Mm. And at the same time, give people the opportunity to come or to leave. Mm. Because a lot of people along the way close their heart if people leave. Mm. While as you, you said, people unfollowed, people like unsubscribed from your membership. You don't close your heart. You are the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) You ground yourself even more into your heart. And that's something that I find is so beautiful and I love it. And what I love that you share this with others, because it's such a beautiful inspiration and it encourages and empowers all of us Mm. that we can be gentle and be soft and have an open heart, regardless of what the outside thinks, whether the thumbs are up or the thumbs are down. Mm. And 
what I adore about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you, you are everything. I just love when we have a conversation, we chat about Pilates and we chat about fasting and business strategies and energies and oracle cards and you know like everything it and it's so rare to meet someone where I can just talk about everything and mm -hmm. it's not about it's not just a matter of trust you know there are people out there that we trust but they don't have the experience or the interest or the capacity to talk about all of that mm -hmm. And that's something I deeply adore about you because it gives me so much joy and so much stimulation and fulfillment on all levels, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And whenever I talk to you, or even if it's a boxer, I get so excited. And literally, like sometimes boxer only shows like 10 seconds before I pressed a button mm -hmm. and then I get like disappointed I'm like she only sent me 10 seconds <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I I absolutely adore how much you bring to our lives oh thank you so freaking much and look we're both two free spirited women you know and I think it's that line the way you described my free spiritness, I was like, mm, it's that line between I love people so much, mm. but I don't have a people-pleasing bone in my body. And that's the difference, I think, where it's like, you are so welcome. Come in and I will fucking love you and I will see you, but I will not go chasing down the street after you. You know, I want you to have full that's agency. That's amazing full agency and walking in you know and you're gonna know what you get and if you don't like it that's okay right that's all right I'm not everyone's cup of tea <laughs> but oh I am God. my cup of tea and that's all that matters and I am your yeah. cup of tea and you are mine I would just sip you all day I tell you what <laughs> um oh thank you so freaking much I love you thank beyond you, words Haley beyond words and um I just it's so special to have a friend on the other side of the planet and you know we know that we're going to get to spend so much time in person in our lifetime um hasn't happened yet but it is coming but it will it is coming and I cannot wait um but everyone I will pop all of Sarah's information in the show notes you have to go check out her podcast it is just brilliant I mean who has the idea to meld together the love of pets and the way pets change our lives and inner work and spirituality and it's just such a beautiful combination so if you love animals and you love the inner work it is the place for you so I'll put all of that information um in the show notes but thank you my friend sending you so thank much love you. same and to you I'll talk to you soon and I'll also talk to all the listeners soon as well when I'm back for another episode in a few days time thank you so much everyone Thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to bring my heart directly to your ears. 
the TJH podcast is in her early days. So if you could take a quick moment to leave a rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. And if you enjoyed the episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend to help spread the Journey Home message far and wide across the globe. I deeply appreciate you and I will chat to you again very soon.